Good morning, Conduit. How are you? Good. Well, uh, this is the, the ending of, that, uh, of the vision series, uh, or the ending of the series on the code, or our, our 10 core values. And if you remember, uh, right from the very beginning, um, we wanted to set the stage for what, what we believe mattered most. And uh, code, code number one, Jesus is everything. And the gospel changes it all. We wanted to make sure that we started out the series and started out what is uh, important to us or what is a core value to us with, with that declaration. As much as we could and, and as, much as, we're, uh, as much as we're able to make that the beginning of the sentence, that, that Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything to us. Jesus is everything to the church. Jesus is everything to the world. Jesus is everything. And that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is the one and only thing that changes everything. And as we were praying over and developing um, our core values, we got to the end and we were like, you know, um, it, it was very fitting, uh, of course, that, that, that Jesus is everything is number one right? But as we run down through the core values, it, it didn't quite seem like we had a definitive period, not even a period, exclamation point at the end of those things without kind of circling back to the beginning and reminding ourselves and reminding uh, the church and, and holding up there as a, a proclamation even that, that, that we would remember that that even at the end of our core values of proclaiming that Jesus is everything at the beginning, it's important that we proclaim at the end that Jesus is everything still. And even in the, in the midst of talking about discipleship and, and, um, and gospel community and kids and, um, and, and worship and all of the things that we talked about over the last nine weeks, that when we come to the end of it, there is still one defining and determining point to everything that we value and everything that we care about here, and that is that Jesus is everything still. That if everything else was wiped away, that if everything else didn't exist, if there was no other value that we upheld as important, that it would be this one, that Jesus is everything. You know, it's uh, Jesus um, is a person. I know it's like Pastor Obvious um, here. Jesus is a person, but um, but there's more. And there's more to it than that. Uh, because all all throughout uh, all throughout Scripture, we see this way in which Jesus is talked about that makes me believe that there is some intrinsic importance behind not just the person of Jesus, but the name of Jesus. Right? That, that Paul declares in Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus, every 
knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that, um, that, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved in Romans chapter 10 and in Acts chapter 4 that, that salvation is found in no one else for there is no other what person there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved there is something about that name i think there's a song written about that right there's something about the name what is it about the name of jesus there's lots about the name first is we have to understand what what a name is and there's i think there's there's seasons of life and seasons of culture where where people um you know you like you look back in like the 80s what was the most popular boy's name in the 80s or what was the most popular girl's name in the 90s or the 2000s or now in the I don't know, what are we in now? The 10s or something? I don't know. But what, are, what is the most important? And, and there's reasons that people pick the names that they pick, right? And you can kind of track the reasons people pick those names, maybe by what is cultural, culturally popular or, you know, kind of like lately in the past, I don't know, decade or so, um, what people call the old-fashioned names are starting to come back into fashion, Right? Uh, and so it's, it's interesting to see and hear why people pick the names that they pick. And sometimes people will pick names because um, the, the meaning behind the name um, communicates the, the identity or the personhood that we hope for our child to have. Right? Yeah, I don't, I kind of take offense to that. Um, if you have any idea what the name Cameron means, um, not really sure what type of identity my parents and my, my dad's in the room, so I'm not going to point him out because kind of a little upset about it still, but like the name Cameron means it's very, uh, very, uh, faith-based, uh, biblical name. You know, it has a lot of meaning and depth to it, and it means uh, crooked nose. <laughs> like, wow. Like, what is that? Where did that even come? Like, how, you, you, there's no way to even, not even Jesus can redeem that name, you know? <laughs> like, or at least the meaning behind that name. But, but names, um, names are important, right? Um, and in, especially... In uh, the ancient areas, especially in, in biblical time and even today, all right? What we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to redeem the power of a name this morning, okay? Uh, because names are not, they weren't always just, especially in Jesus' time, it wasn't just um, some, something, a moniker, so to speak, a personal moniker that, that, um, that kind of distinguished one person from another, right so you could call out in a crowd and the person would 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 recognize and it, it wasn't just a way in which to delineate between individuals or people but a name was meant 
um, to be like to be placed on a person as a matter of their identity, not just in like a you're you and you're you and you're you, but their intrinsic identity, their 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 deep purpose in life, the the plan that God or their parents right hoped and planned and dreamed for them so a name was was not just a, a way to, de, to to delineate a person but it was a way to speak almost prophetically about the direction of that person's life as they grew and as they lived like well I thought names were just, you know, you picked what was cool, what sounded good, what rhymed or didn't rhyme with your last name, what gave a, a perfect, like, abbreviation and initials, right? You didn't want to, like, make a cuss word out of the initials because then, you know, like, or, or pick something that rhymed awkwardly with his last name because he'd get picked on in the locker room all of his life, right? I, no, names were much more important than that. They have much more meaning to that say well i don't know if it really matters that much it does matter right names do matter because you look at the way in which all throughout scripture names were used and names were changed right even in the in the earliest accounts of the gospel the angel came to mary and joseph right for instance, Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And the angel came um, and, and told them, you are to give him the name Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. Better read it so I don't screw it up. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 20 through 22. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you can just name him whatever you feel like. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Look, it's not over. Verse 23. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will what? Call him Emmanuel. Why Emmanuel? Because it has the, the word, the name, the title. Emmanuel has a meaning, right? It's, in, it's endowed with something deeper than just the surface word. Emmanuel means God with us. And so when the angel came to Mary and Joseph and said, you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, you go back, well, what does the name Jesus, Jesus mean? Well, Jesus is the, the Greek way of saying the Hebrew name Joshua. Or Yeshua. And that name literally means Savior of the people. The one who will save. 
And so the name of Jesus was not just some, oh, it's popular in the day, but it was given to Mary and Joseph by the Lord himself because there was a deeper plan, a deeper purpose, a, a prophetic um, declaration upon the, the person of Jesus, not about just what he would be called, but about what he would do. I'm going to do three things, okay, this morning, that the name of Jesus is or does, okay? First one is this, the name of Jesus saves. The name of Jesus saves. The name of Jesus represents the purpose. The name of Jesus represents the plan. The name of Jesus represents the person. And the name of Jesus represents the power of God's saving work in your life and in mine. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Peter, preaching to the people, says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. As Jesus is speaking about the healing of the crippled man and he's being questioned, or as Peter is speaking about the healing of the crippled man, he's being questioned as to how he could heal this man. He says these words, he says in Acts chapter 3 verse 16, By faith, in what? In the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and you know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you now see. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, he talks about the, um, the, the pattern, of, the pattern of, of men and women as they are walking in lives of sin, right? And then walking out of lives of sin. And what is the, what is the path or the, the avenue? What is the what is the mode by which someone leaves a life of sin and walks into a life of righteousness? And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 verses 11, he says, that is what some of you were, referencing the, the sinful nature of their lives. He says, that is what some of you were. Your identity was found in sin. But, he says, you were washed you were sanctified you were justified and made right before the father in heaven in the name of the lord jesus christ and by the spirit of our god that it was the name of jesus the sanctifying and justifying work 
of the, the purpose, the plan, the power, the identity that was wrapped up in Jesus Christ himself that set us free from the law of sin and death and into a life of freedom and hope. That is why we see in so many times throughout Scripture that, that, um, that God, right? Not even, not even a man or woman, but that God takes the life of a person, right? Completely transforms the life of the person, right? And then in, um, in a absolute prophetic act, changes what their name that there's a that there's a definitive point in a in a person's life where the where the sanctifying justifying cleansing spirit empowering work of god within them so radically transforms their identity so radically transforms their plan and the purpose of their life that they can't go on with the name that they've always had. That God needs to give them a new name because names matter, right? When he called Abraham, when he called Abram, right? He did what? He changed his name to Abraham. When he called Jacob, he did what? He changed his name to Israel. When he encountered Saul on the road to Damascus, on his way to kill Christians and blinded him with the light of the resurrected Lord, he then changed his name to the man that we know as the Apostle Paul, who went on, went on to be unarguably the greatest church planter and evangelist of all time, right? When Peter was transformed in his denial, when he was transformed in his doubt, Jesus gave him a new name and said, On you, Peter. On this new name that I give you, I will build the foundations of the whole church. That when God transforms us, he gives us a new name. Because names are about identity. They are about purpose. They are about plan. And when we come into faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God witnesses to our spirit that our name now is not Cameron, is not Corey, is not Rachel. It is now son. It is daughter. That names matter. Because when you are the son of the Most High, when you are the daughter of the Most High, the scripture says that now you are due the inheritance that a son is due. You are due the inheritance that a daughter is due. You're not part of that family anymore. Now you're a part of my family because you have my name. None of my kids that live in my house were born with my name. None of them. But guess what? Every single one of them by adoption is now has a right to everything that is mine, right? They are now heirs to everything that I have. And God, when he adopts us into his family by faith in Jesus Christ, he changes our name and we become, in, we become heirs to the same inheritance that he gave Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. 
There is power in a name. Jesus' name is a name that saves. I still don't buy it. You want to know how important the name of Jesus is? How important the name of God is? There's a commandment about it. Right? Our name's that important. Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses the name. Because it's not just about the name, right? It's about everything that is wrapped up in the name. The purpose, the plan, the identity, the power. It is the personhood of the one. Second thing. The name of Jesus saves, right? The name of Jesus bestows or carries with it power and authority. We don't always like to talk about we don't always like to talk about power and authority, right? In the church. Because we're like meek, mild, humble, right? We want to be gentle. We want to have like Christ-like Christ-like character. Not going to get any argument out of me, right, about that. But there is a, um, uh, there is a, there is a missing point. There is a missing piece to that, right? Uh, there is a missing piece to the character of Jesus Christ, right, that we cannot fluff away. And that is the name of, at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. There's this, um, you know, I, I, I love The Lion King, the movie The Lion King. You know the movie, right? And there's this scene in The Lion King that reminds me, right, of like, of like what happens when the name of Jesus is spoken, right? Oh, let's watch just this, this little scene here. Man, I 
I could preach on that, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 but there's this, like, I know that's a funny, you know, it's a funny example, but there, are, there is this sense, too, where even the mere name Mufasa struck fear into these creatures, right? Into these, into these hyenas. And, we, and we, we, try to, we try to tame the image of Jesus down, right? The gentleness, the humility, the meekness, the compassion that he had. And there's no doubt whatsoever that with the lowly and with the broken and with the humble and with the downtrodden and with the cast off, you would not find a more, you would not find a person more compassionate, right? But with the hypocritical, with the violent, with the angry, with the oppressive, you will not find a more fierce savior. That there's this dichotomy of Jesus that we often forget that there is tenderness and there is toughness. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about this a lot. You know, we already talked about Romans or uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to talk about it again. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Um, it says that in, even in the midst of Jesus' humility and his gentleness and his servant nature, he said, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And what? Gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That there was, a, that there was an, an authority and a, and a power and unmatched authority an unmatched power in the name of Jesus. And that name was given to him. That place of authority and power and dominion and strength was given to Jesus by the Father himself. Because there was an intrinsic authority wrapped up in that name. Right? Names speak more than just a... a, a uh, uh, a defining or a delineating like the personhood but when you when there there was a there was a intrinsic authority wrapped up in it why do you think in, in luke chapter 8 verse 30 right jesus approached the man who had been um uh, i think he was the man in the caves right luke chapter 8 verse 30 and he says um yeah, here it is. The healing of the demon-possessed man. Jesus commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. What did Jesus say to the demon? What is your name? Right? Because Jesus was about to exert his heavenly authority the the heavenly authority wrapped up in the name of jesus over the demonic authority that was holding the man hostage right because the name of jesus 
has power over every other name. At, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. And what did the demon do? Uh, I'll tell you my name, but just don't make me do this and don't make me do that. Son of the Most High God, please have mercy on me that at the name of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, demons shuddered because the name of Jesus is a strong tower. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. That Matthew, Jesus declared in the Great Commission that all authority and all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, right? You had one job and make disciples. And if you need any more of a stark example here, every time, I even shudder to read this because every time I read it, it gives me goosebumps. We turn over to Revelation chapter 19, okay? We're going to start at verse 11. Jake, if you can get me to verse 11. John, the writer of 11, is seeing a vision here of the last days, the last, uh, the last hours, right? And he speaks of this vision and he says, um, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True with justice. He judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations he will rule them with an iron scepter and he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of god almighty and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written King of kings and Lord of lords. There's authority and power in the name of Jesus that goes beyond just a like celebratory powder, but is power, but is downright sometimes terrifyingly glorious. And what's beautiful about it is that Jesus encourages us to pray in what? His name. Why? 
because at the name of Jesus, the heavens come, al they come alive. Right? And I can, I know to be true, and if you ask any parent, right? Even if it was semi-loud in here, if, if I heard, maybe not me, my wife, if my wife heard a child crying in the nursery, what mother doesn't know the sound of her child's cry? The sound of her child's voice. Even in the midst of all other kinds of noise, right? When you hear your child's voice, your ears immediately perk to attention. And heaven, right? The whole host of heaven, when they hear the name of Jesus, it's like, shh, 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 shh. That's the name. That's the name that's above every other name. That's the one. Even when we say it, why? I borrowed this. Uh, no, I didn't borrow it. I took it out of my uh, secret agent kit this morning. Uh, you know, because I can put this on, right? And I can maybe walk down a street. I can knock on a door or something like that, right? And the owner of the home would come to the door. And what would they see first? this right they wouldn't see a 170 pounds soaking wet you know like not very physically intimidating person right right like it's not you know it's like they, they wouldn't see that right they wouldn't they 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 wouldn't be overwhelmed with the the physical authority that i in my person brought to their door what would they be overwhelmed with? They would be overwhelmed with this. Why? Not because I'm wearing it, but they would be overwhelmed by it because of everything that this thing represents, right? It's not just, it's not just a badge, right? It represents me as a person, as a police officer, but it also represents my whole department, right? And then behind me, it represents than, than other departments that I know would come and back me up if I needed to make that call. And then it represents the court system. And, and, and then it represents the jail, right? And, and it represents so much more than it is just, than just me. And, and what is it about, uh, what is it about the man, woman, or child that when they pray in the name of Jesus, the heavens listen? It has nothing to do with you or me, Right? It has nothing to do with the power or authority that you and I have. It's this point right here. The third point is that the name of Jesus holds power and authority in prayer. Because the name is spoken by a person. I'm not calling upon my own spiritual authority. When you come forward and ask for prayer and I lay my hands on you and I'm praying for you and you're saying, Pastor, I need your help. 
Pastor, I need your guidance. Pastor, I need your wisdom. I have nothing to give to you. All I do is I draw on the power and authority that is behind the badge. It's not me, right? The authority is not in me. The authority is in everything that stands behind the name that I invoke. The name of Jesus. Peter tells the crippled beggar this thing. Beautifully illustrates the point in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter, John, please help me. Please give me everything that you have, the things that I think that I need in order to help me. And what does Peter do immediately? Recognizes that within himself, there is nothing good that he can give the man that will actually help him. I've got, I've got nothing that will actually do you any good. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. That the power and authority wasn't in the healing power of Peter himself. It wasn't in the man doing or bestowing the act or the blessing or the prayer, or whatever you want to call it. It was in the calling on the name that is above every other name. Because when that name was spoken, all of heaven turned their attention to that place because there was power in it. The disciples... They, they experienced their, their own type of like power and authority by the name of Jesus in their ministry. Jesus, Jesus sent out, right, 72. Go, heal the sick. Pray for the possessed. Lay your hands on them. Pray. They came back to him and reported right? Luke chapter 10, verse 17, they were so excited. Why? The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us what? in your name. There is power and authority in prayer when we call upon the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. 
Jesus says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. In my name, they will speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Why? Because a person has intrinsic healing power in their hands or in their words. No, but because when the name of Jesus is spoken in a moment of faith, when, the, when I call on the authority of Jesus, I am channeling as a conduit, right? A power that is not mine, but that is wrapped up in the saving power of Jesus, that is wrapped up in the name that is above every other name, that is wrapped up in the name that was given to Jesus by the Father, and then the name that is now mine through inheritance by faith. It's not just the person of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. It is the purpose of Jesus. It is the power of Jesus. It is the plan of Jesus. There's power in the name. There's power in the name. I don't, I mean, I'd I, I probably just stay up, stand up here for a half hour and just say that for a half hour. There's power in the name. Call on the name. Right? Call on that name. Say the name. Call on that name, Jesus. All heaven and earth turns their attention at the sound of the name, Jesus. In, 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 in moments of pain, call on the name of Jesus. In moments of darkness, call on the name of Jesus. In moments of depression or anxiety, call on the name of Jesus. In moments of temptation, call on the name of Jesus. Jesus is everything, not just at the beginning, but Jesus is everything still. Call on the name. Heaven loves the name. The angels love the name. The demons hate the name. God gave him the name that is above every other name. Call on that name. And make sure, listen, you never walk away from being prayed over. You never, you never pray without using your name. You know, we don't pray without the name. This, this isn't in the sermon. You're going to get this one for free, all right? I'll send you the bill later. Um, every power, every place, every opportunity that we have in prayer, right? Every time we go to the Father in prayer, we go because Jesus has given us access, right? We, we, we do not go to the Father on our own. We don't, we don't have a way to get there, right? We don't, we don't have 
a way in which to grab hold of that type of glory. We don't have a way in which to even be aware of the whole utter holiness of God. The only access we have to the Father, Jesus himself said, right, is through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only access we have to the Father in prayer, in eternity, is through the work of Jesus Christ, right? So, so if we're not praying in the power and authority of the name of Jesus, we're not praying when anyone's listening. That we call upon the name and the authority and the power of Jesus. I stand in the place that Jesus has placed me in. Not because I am worthy, right? But because Jesus is worthy. And he has made that way. And he has torn that temple curtain in two. And given me full access into the presence of the Father. And so that when I come into prayer, if I don't come in the power of Jesus' name, I might as well not come at all. And so when you assault the heavens in prayer, you better be assaulting the heavens in prayer on the tales of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, what Jesus has done for you. When you pray for someone, you better be praying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Otherwise, you're liable, right, to fall into the trap of believing that you're way more important than you, than you actually are. Man, I feel good praying for you. You shouldn't, right? You should feel humbled at the opportunity to call on the name that you merely represent but has nothing to do with you at all. The name of Jesus. And so don't you dare ever leave this altar receiving prayer if they have not called on the name. If I fail to call on the name, you would be, Pastor, you better be praying in the name of Jesus. I don't want none of them Cameron prayers. I want some of them Jesus prayers, right? I want some of them prayers that heaven's going to hear, you know? I, I want the ears of heaven to perk up at the name of Jesus if you're talking about me, right? If there's heavenly gossip going on, I want it to be on the tales of Jesus Christ. So come and get some of that name. The name that heals. The name that has authority. The name that, the name that saves. The name that breaks the chains. The name that, set, that sets people free. Come and get some of that name. Come and speak some of that name. If I, if I could say it a thousand times for all of eternity, it still would not be enough. It is the name of Jesus. Let me pray. As the worship team comes up, I don't feel like there's any way to even... We're just going to pray, <laughs> Jesus.